Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Union 0430. This is episode 109, and we promised that we were going to have some big guests coming up, and we are not. You know us. We're never going to disappoint. We've got Corey Foskett, the owner, well, part owner, the family, the head of the family that owns Tangle Free. So we've come full circle. We've had Sean Stahl on. We've had Eric Massey on. Now it's time to get Corey on. And we're going to explore everything Tangle Free. Um, so sit back, relax is going to be a good one. We finally got Mark back with us. He's finally settled in Nova Scotia. So we should start to see Mark more regularly. Dave, look at Dave. No sling. Shoulders starting to mend up. Still worried about the fall on if he's going to be able to shoot yet, but hopefully we're going to be able to get him a 28 gauge or a BB gun or something like that. And we'll be able to get him shooting. If any of our listeners in Canada have a <laughs> line on a 28 gauge a 400, hit me up. Uh, we could become best friends. I'll send you a bunch of stickers. There you go. And of course, Ryan coming to us from Nova Scotia. I'm a little bit jealous finding out that Ryan and Mark are going to be hang hanging out together again all the time. And I'm not going to be part of this. Um, so, but uh, that's for another episode. We won't talk into that. We won't talk about that, but coming to us all the way from California, IA, it is Corey Fawcett from Tangle Free. Corey, buddy, thank you so much for coming on. We've been chatting for seems like a long time and, and today is the first time I get to see your face. So uh, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Yeah, no, no problem. Appreciate you guys uh, wanting to have me on and hear a little bit about Tangle Free. So uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of cool. You exchange a lot of emails and texts and it's, it's good to uh, kind of get to see faces and, and kind of, kind of feel like we're all just hanging out chatting, you know? And, and 100%, and that's that's 100% the, the theme and, and the goal of this. Just sit back, um, relax, have a good chat, and uh, maybe uh, we can all learn a little something. Uh, but as usual, like Ryan normally says, um, the good stuff always happens before we hit the record button. So we got another little bit of <laughs> education because you said you were in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I was like, what? There's waterfowlers down in the in the Bay Area and and stuff like that, and then you had to you had to educate me on on that. So, uh, in case you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, there are a significant amount of waterfowlers in the Bay Area, and we know because we've had bird dog waterfowl on before, who's up in Northern California, mm -hmm. and and the waterfowling up there is we know amazing. <clears throat> But uh, down your way, I didn't realize that there was as many, Corey. So uh, thanks for thanks for the tidbit of information, buddy. Yeah, yeah, you bet. You know, like I said, just for the other listeners, like we talked, it's like, you know, it's a 100-day season, really, really good limits. I mean, seven mallards, 15 snows, 10 specks. Um, guys can hunt the bay. They can go after a lot of different diver decoys, deep diver decoys, diver ducks. <laughs> then you go up in the Sacramento, Sacramento, uh, Valley and you can, I mean, all puddle ducks. And, uh, so there's a lot of different variations to hunt and, um, yeah, it's such a big state. There's people, people oh, really yeah. get after it. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And it is, it's a huge, huge state. So, um, it's not all, uh, the sunshine, like, uh, like the, the music videos lead us to believe. Um, <laughs> although, it, although it, it, it is pretty warm throughout most of the year, you know, I mean, 
you guys would probably be surprised. Like, wait, it doesn't even get that cold, you know? So no, we, we wanted to get, we wanted to get cold, obviously, but just like but up, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but up in the, up in Northern California, like there's snow in the, on the, on the mountains. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. snow and, yes. and everything like that in the wintertime. So um, yes. you still, it still dips down. So for all, for Absolutely. all of our uh, U.S. Uh, listeners, they're like, these guys from Canada don't know nothing. And it's not <laughs> for you guys. It's for the Canadian listeners that don't know about California. Okay, guys, so chill out. So anyways, I want to get into Tangle Free because I'm a big fan of Tangle Free. Uh, and I know Dave is. I know the boys are because we've all bought um, stuff from Tangle Free. But I wanted to give you a, I wanted to give you a story about my and Dave uh, Dave already gave his customer service story but I'll give you a story that I had with Tangle Free so a bunch of years ago Tangle Free had done a, a partnership with Delta Waterfowl where they had uh, you know a bunch of gear given to Delta Waterfowl and Delta Waterfowl branded Tangle Free gear with their logo right and and it was being auctioned off at events so I, on, on a silent auction, won this kick-ass, it was sort of like a duffel bag, but it was on wheels, and it was like Max 4 uh, camo, um, at, you know, Tangle Free uh, embroidered onto it, and, and Delta, and I don't know, I took it for probably a half a dozen hunts, you know, throwing my clothes and stuff in it, and one of the seams started to, started to let loose, right, so I, I just called up. Um, tangle free. And I told him, I was like, Hey, listen, this is what's going on. Yeah. Um, well, we don't make that bag anymore, so we can't replace the bag, but here's what the bag's worth. Um, can we send you something? I was like, I'll take decoys. Absolutely. So bunch of decoys, a free t-shirt. And I was like, see, this is the type of company I like <laughs> customer service. I love it. So, um, uh, I, you know, I like, I like to hear that. Sounds like you had a, sounds like it left a good taste in your mouth. And here we are several years later. That, that item was probably a good six, six plus years ago. Um, oh yeah. That was a special, special build for Delta waterfowl. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Great. It was, it was a special build to try to, to try to, uh, you know, just do something different for yeah. what they're looking for. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a kick-ass bag. I loved it. Uh, but yeah. uh, anyways, yeah, I got, you, you I know, got some woody, I got some woody decoys out of it. So it all worked uh, out in the end. Nice. Yeah, you know, the the whole customer service side of things, quality control. I mean, we can we can go through we can go through all of the inspections and 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 visit factories and do everything, but at the end of the day, um there's certain things that are just they're, they're just out of our control, right? Mm -hmm. And all we can do is we we certainly appreciate when someone, you know, takes their hard-earned money and gives gives it a chance to buy Tangle Free. So like you know, we, we have a process that we go through and, um, we always want to make it right. Um, because once again, you, everyone has choices. So, so we certainly try to stand, stand behind it and, and leave a good taste in the customer's mouth. Yeah, 100%. And, and you certainly did uh, with me and I've been a repeat, uh, repeat customer ever since. Uh, like I, I think 90% of my decoys are all tangle free now. Um, maybe 10% mix match with, with some other stuff that I've got. But um, so I wanted to talk about tangle free because like I said, we've had Sean on before and, and I know Sean has um, been a big part about, you know, the, the idea and new ideas of things to bring in and, and 
try to try to get out to the to the waterfowl community and then you know we've had eric on and, and eric's a blast and we've had a ton of laughs with him and and yeah. i chat with him uh, yeah. fair, fairly regularly um but i wanted to talk about this idea that that tango free um and and i'm going to use a term but you you'll probably educate me and, and it may not be the right term but i'll use this term direct to consumer where um there's you're not going to find tangle free in every outdoor store. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. We, um, we, we, we started off, uh, so we're in year 19 of the business and we started off being a wholesaler, um, kind of going through those steps of, of, um, you know, dealers across the country, throughout, throughout the, throughout the world, really like in, you know, different, different countries in Europe, um, and just as, as, as things changed, um, we just kind of started thinking about what we wanted to do as a family-based business. And we did kind of change to more focused on a direct-to-consumer platform of, of a business. Um, but, you know, I know you got some good good friends up there in your neck of the woods. Um, you know, Pat, Canadian Waterfowl, where, you know, he's a dealer up there in Canada. We have other dealers. And we also have dealers in the U.S. But we're... Um, our main focus is, is at tangofree.com. Um, mm-hmm. We just like the fact that we can have an experience like you mentioned, like, you know, you bought that Delta waterfowl bag. Well, if someone buys something from us, we want to be able to control the, the relationship from the standpoint okay. of if they have a, if they have a problem, we're there to help. And we feel that our staff um, just excels at really taking it to heart, like that they want to help that customer. Um, so it's, it's, it's been good for us. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot more work, but I think it's, it's definitely more like satisfying to form those relationships with customers across the country. And Corey, like, tell me if I'm wrong here, but by you guys, and, and let, I'll throw out this, um, 90% consumer, direct to consumer, 10%, you've got some dealers that do some stuff, Right. Is it so I, from a business point of view, it makes more sense for you guys. And this is the business model that you guys want to follow this doing it this way. But I would I would hazard to think that you're able to keep the prices as low as possible by doing it the way that you're doing it, as opposed to having you know, to, to drop it down a price for a resale to, to a dealer that then they've got to put a, put a mark up on it. Like, is that, is that right? Am I right there? Or am I way? Out? No, you're not, you're not way out. I mean, it's certainly, that's what we try to accomplish. But then again, we also put more money back into the product to make it stronger, more durable. So there's a lot of margin requirements when you're, when you're wholesaling. Um, right. So we certainly try to build, we certainly try to build a, a better high-end product and keep the cost down, um, um, which has been a huge challenge the last couple of years. I mean, we've been, uh, you know, pre-COVID, uh, you know, ocean freight's gone up almost 5X <laughs> of what it used to be. So when you're shipping a big, a big See, bulky box of decoys, it's, it's, it's disgusting, you know, like, something that used to say would cost us, you know, $15 to in the ocean freight side of the, of the, of the pricing, it was getting upwards of like 60, 65 bucks. And they're like, you know, we couldn't pass along 
um, we didn't feel comfortable passing those costs along to, to the consumers. Cause like, it was just, it was very difficult. And on the domestic side of things, I mean, UPS are, is the carrier we use and UPS and FedEx go neck hand in hand, you know, as far as mm-hmm. competing, but we've experienced a 12% increase in, in domestic freight. And then this past year, we, we took on another pretty big increase on production side of things. So it's made it difficult to try to keep the price down, but we're mm-hmm. doing everything we can and um, without sacrificing the, the integrity and the quality of the product pretty much. We've uh, we've heard some stories from people just chatting, um, you know, most of the time off the air here. So not to put anybody on, on uh, single anybody out, but we've heard some stories about, especially over on, on the California coast, um, and San Diego, everything coming into that bay, that port, like freighters being out there for three and four weeks, waiting to waiting to come ashore to to offload, uh, and just sitting there waiting for an inspector to get out there to inspect the sea containers, make sure everything was kosher and and everything was good to go before you know they can even start to offload these sea containers. Yeah, I mean, three to four weeks would actually, believe it or not, be be low. So oh, we, wow. we come into the port of Oakland. So that's, you know, okay. San Francisco Bay Area, Oakland. Down south is the big one is Long Beach. And um, the lady here that uh, handles all our logistics, like, we, I mean, it was it was an everyday discussion. And we were getting all these different types of reports coming in. And they, they would have upwards of like 80 vessels and uh that would be out and they they were they had to go further out and they were so further out they couldn't anchor so they had to keep keep the keep the vessels running so that was driving up the cost because if they were just burning fuel because they couldn't come close enough to anchor so it was a really really bad situation for about (laughs) you know 18 months as far as what what was what they were doing and um we were everyone was kind of handcuffed i mean consumers Mm -hmm. in, in america were handcuffed and uh it was really unfortunate because I think there was a lot of things that could have been done differently, but completely out of our hands. And um, you just, you just had to hope and wait that your, your container would get to the port and then you could get a scheduled appointment to get it out of there. So, um, but luckily, luckily we, um, we, we, we tend to believe in, in keeping product year round. Uh, We try to, it's a financial obligation but it's just something that we feel comfortable with. Um, you you got to have this stuff to sell it. And it's not like we can just go out and make it ourselves. If we could, it'd be a lot different, but we can't. So um, we tend to, to run heavy on inventory pretty much through most of the year is kind of our, our thought process. Our, uh, our accountant isn't too happy with us about that, but that's just kind of <laughs> what we want to do. Go for it, Dave. I know you got something. Oh. No, 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 no. I was oh, listening up. Okay. I, I wanted to talk about this because obviously we're we're big fans of, of First Light here. Um, I wanted to talk about this collaboration that uh, so um I had no idea that this collaboration was was happening. So it <laughs> it, it was really cool that Dave and I are are really horny about uh first light and then um, all of a sudden, we start hearing rumblings that, well, you know, Tango Free is probably going to be doing some stuff with Taifa, but we didn't know for sure. We hadn't seen anything, um, just some rumblings, and then bang, you guys drop it on the same day that uh, that they do when they drop their waterfowl lineup, and uh, 
I got to say it it's it's pretty impressive and and loving seeing that that camo pattern on on your product. But the shitty thing about it is that I got a new blind bag from Tangle Free last year that <laughs> yeah. is no good is no good to me now. So oh, now, man. now yeah. I need now I need well, a new new blind bag. So not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. We'll see what you do. No, 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 I, no, uh, no I'm no, not. I don't mean it that way, but uh, oh, I know, I know. You're just having fun. No, it's 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 really cool. You know, we're we've we've worked with them for quite a while now to 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 as part of the uh, the game plan to roll it out. You know, and, and we looked at it as um, what what we try to do is. It's so amazing across the country how uh, geographically certain areas really gravitate towards a specific camouflage pattern, right? So like the Southeast might be really into bottomland, Mossy Oak bottomland or natural gear. You know, of course, the Max 4s, the Max 5s, the Max 7s of the world, you know, Realtree, that, that's extremely popular across the country, you know. We obviously uh, have had a, have had great success and popularity with the Sitka, the Optifade, mm-hmm. um, Marsh, and Timber pattern. So we really looked at this opportunity um, to just give waterfowlers another another tool in their toolbox that they can mm-hmm. choose. You know, so it, it 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 is amazing how waterfowlers become very loyal to a specific camouflage company <laughs> and a specific camouflage. So. All we're trying to do is give as many potential customers a choice. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, you guys, the four of you, all have a choice. What's your camo of preference? And um, and First Light gave us that opportunity, and we're like, yeah, like we we obviously, you know, talked quite a bit and thought this yep. is this is a good fit um, to give waterfowlers a choice. And uh, yeah, so it's been cool. Yeah. And, and and putting out some fabulous products. So, oh, oh, here we go. There's Mark. Uh-oh. See, that's why we got Mark. Mark. Mark is the technical genius, and he shares his screen and stuff Pulling like up. that. But Dave, I, Dave, I believe stuff, you yeah. you have the you've already got your hands on the on the gun case, right, Dave? Yep. And then I'm trying to get my hands on the uh, panel blinds for our goose camp. Right. Because right. we need, okay. need two sets for that. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get a set of those, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, the... It's it's cool. It look it the stuff looks really good. Um, and I it's it's great. And like I said, it's just they're 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 a fantastic group of people to work with, and uh, we couldn't be happier to be offering uh, the type of pattern um, with 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 the stuff that we're looking at on the site. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it's awesome. You know, I got to come back to this, this panel blind idea. Um, because I remember when we had Sean on and, and, you know, talking about, and, and Sean used to, used to use this term, like the evolution of the hunter, right. And, and how, when, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm right here, but I don't think anybody was doing the panel blind until you guys brought it on onto the market right like everybody was strict coffin blinds that was it that was the only thing and then the panel blind was like this thing is is this thing is amazing what why are where did this come from and i can remember sean saying well you know 20 years ago this is what we were using we weren't using 
coffin blinds and then we switched to coffin blinds and now we're going back to panel blinds but it just seems like i there's not a lot of people that i know right now that are hunting at a coffin blinds most everybody's hunting at a tangle free panel blinds now yeah you know it's it's been a really cool uh um ride with the panel blinds so you know sean obviously is a is a uh, very very serious about uh trying to hunt canada geese like he <laughs> yeah he really works hard at at, at, at putting birds on the ground or, or putting them in the opportunity right works hard at all that and uh i forget how it came up one time but we we just started talking and he said you know through different variations of literally hog wires or whatever you call it there's a lot of different versions people call it, but they had these makeshift blinds and a lot of, a lot of people had makeshift panel blinds, but they weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't panel blinds. So we worked pretty, pretty hard on it for a couple of years and uh, had a great factory that we would, we would work with on designs Did a lot of Skype conversations, video conferences where a lot of tooling went into it to get it figured out and then get readjusted and air the air freight, the air freight bill wasn't pretty going back and forth because it would go oh, from overseas to California. I'd get my hands on it. Then I'll ship it to stall in Michigan. Um, sometimes I would ship stuff in different parts of the country, um, even into Canada one year, because I wanted him to get his hands on it to test it. So we went through a lot of revisions to where we got it. We still have a lot of different tinkering that we, we continue to mess with now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like, like any, like any good product in any, any, any field of of anything that we we our daily lives is we were first to market with it and then mm-hmm. it was only a matter of it was only a matter of time before other other companies come to market but i do think there is something to say about being first to market with product 100 um, percent. I, I i i think it works uh very well you know and um so we've been happy with it it's it's a i would have never I never thought that, that product would be as good as it was. Um, and you're right. Um, the things I've heard about why people, why people hunt predominantly out of panel blinds, as opposed to like, you talked about the coffin blinds is, you know, you think about waterfowling, like the four, the, the five of us, uh, if we were to all hunt out of coffin blinds, um, we can't really have the interaction, right? Like mm-hmm. if we're in a panel blind, I can look to my left or my right. And one of you guys is going to be within two to three feet of me you can laugh, you can kind of look at the guy and let him know like, Hey, there's birds that way. Mm-hmm. If we're all, if we're all in a blind, you know, you might have to yell to me to look to my right. Um, it's just, and then you talk about younger, younger hunters and older hunters, they can get on the birds quicker and easier. And, you know, older guys, I think it's, it's giving them some longevity, longevity where they're, they can get out of a blind They're sitting on a blind stool and they're sitting straight ahead looking and they don't have to come up out. So yeah. I think that's great for the younger generations and the older generations as well. It, it's also easier to share snacks. Oh man, you bet, right? <laughs> that's, that's what's key. what's that's what, clutch. what snacks we're talking about? Mark, <laughs> just anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you don't want to get into snacks with these boys. Come on now. You yeah. you can cook a full breakfast in the panel blind on a right. Coleman stove. You can't do that mm-hmm. in a layout. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how else yeah. are you gonna have jerky in your mouth when the birds show up? That, that's yeah right. yeah that's so, right so i'll tell you guys we we off the air we were talking about california you know it's listen uh it's not nearly as cold as other states it's a different cold right like like a so but it's still not that cold but i always laugh like when i first started hanging out with, with stall and, and the goose crew like eric massey and, and the boys um 
they would make fun of me because I would show up in like eight layers because they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, I don't want to be cold. Like if I'm cold, I'm miserable. Yeah. So of course, when you're sitting in a panel blind, they can all make fun of you. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm warm. Well, then it was nice to see on a couple of hunts in Kansas, these guys had like the heated socks. I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Wait a second. I'm like, you're giving me a bad time. Like you all have heated socks. Like don't make fun of me ever again. Right? No. Like that's not fair. Absolutely. But then the best thing that ever happened is when they all started bringing the heaters. So you oh, got yeah. all these heaters on, and, it, and it literally <laughs> made it unbelievable. So like now I, instead of being eight layers, I'm probably down to about four, maybe three. Cause yeah. I got heaters all around me, you know? So it makes it, it makes it awesome. So well, oh, go Dave. No, I was actually going to ask, you were talking about how you'd sent the panel blinds back and forth to stall. And, um, do you find it's harder to come out with a new, like, obviously you, you send things back and forth to make sure they work and you'll probably spend a whole season using them, but do you find it's harder to keep things secret now with the way social media is like, I'm finding like, especially the first light products with this duck lore, people were watching that. Like, Oh, did you see this new Jack? Oh, I wonder what this is. Wonder, like, do you find people are doing that with your stuff and it's harder to keep things kind of under wraps before, yeah, yeah it, 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 it is. It's really difficult. I mean, you know, um, with like first light stuff as an example, um, you know, I take a, gr a great deal of pride on like doing what I say I'm going to do. So, you know, we signed a non-disclosure um, when samples started coming in. I actually didn't even want samples shipped to me in my warehouse in California because I didn't want to chance somebody walking in the door and seeing Mm -hmm. uh, a first light product in my warehouse, like with our logo on it. So like, I just had everything shipped directly to first light. Cause like, I, I, I wanted to know that I had nothing to do with it. If it got out there. Right. Wow. Like I just, so I did, I just, you know, hmm. I just didn't want to deal with it. And you know, even here we have a, a sample section in the back corner of the warehouse. And, um, you know, we definitely welcome people that come into tangle free here, um, all the time. And, and they're always, you know, we let them walk around and stuff and they're always trying to peek in this back corner because they know that's kind of the new stuff, but we'll always be like, Hey man, like come, come over this way. You know, so, I, uh, you can't, you can't take away the passion of, of a, of a waterfowler though. Right. Like that just goes to show just no. how passionate they are. You, you can't blame them for trying to like, no, get, absolutely get back there and grab, grab something. But yeah, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're always tinkering with stuff, but yeah, it, it, you're, you're right, Dave. It, it is hard to keep stuff. I would just say kind of like under wraps or to not know about it. And then, and then obviously then there's, there's the strategic leaks, you know, I mean, we, we see them every day, like the strategic leaks and social. Um, so, um, and sometimes they happen on accident and more times not they're purposely done just a little, just a little sneak peek. And, um, you'll watch comments. Someone's like, Hey, in that bottom left corner, was that X? And you're like, you know, then you can kind of play with it that way. So probably getting good at going. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it, it was kind of neat. Like every time you'd see these new videos, now people are just, they're going frame by frame, trying to see a new thing and trying to be the first one to be like, Hey, look what I saw. And what do you think this is? And, Wow, that's actually yeah. uh, that's from yeah. twenty years ago. Some guy just brought it out from his barn. Like you know, that, those are the best ones. But uh, and just totally, totally messing with people, right? Yeah, yeah. But 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 as you guys know, as as avid waterfowlers, there's you know stuff that worked. Just say twenty five or thirty. 
like it will come back. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you look at the pop, the popularity of, you know, so when we, when we first bought the business, um, we bought a company called bond and they were basically, uh, a very entry level, uh, knockoff of like a carry light or sport plast with recycled plastic a month and a half into that business we we purchased tangle free and we rolled everything out from the bond name into tangle free bond went on to bigger and better things they had a uh, patio furniture and pruning shares they became a very very big company extremely successful so with tangle free like you know that was that was our backbone the original tangle free decoiline and lead anchors made in the usa um you know the tensile strength and all this stuff was incredible. Um, about, you know, 10, 12 years ago when Texas rigging became popular again, it's just kind of almost blew right by our tangle free deco line. And, and I mean, look, you guys as waterfowlers, we could all look online right now and find 20 plus different versions of Texas rigging, like mm -hmm. 20 plus, no, no problem. I mean, so, um, what we're trying to focus on a lot uh, as waterfowlers, I think it's, it's, I like to say like fast food mentality, like you, you want something like what's the easiest thing to set up, to break down, to get you into the field, to get you out of the field. And like, it's not, it's kind of sad in a way because like the traditions of like you with like your grandfather or your father or your buddies getting together to string up decoys, to clean decoys and go like, people don't want to do that anymore. Like they'd mm -hmm. rather just buy new stuff, sell it off, buy new stuff, sell it off. So the, those are that's, millionaires that's dealt with so we we yeah yeah so um but we have to try to we think of when we come out with products like how how much can we assemble it so the person doesn't have to assemble it but then we have to keep in the considerations like well how big is it you know in a, in a container mm -hmm. like how much are we going to pay in shipping if we don't make it smaller so it's it's a balancing act we have to figure out all that stuff well, boys, I got to ask you now, like since Corey brought that up, like I don't think I've and I've hunted with you guys. Um, I don't think I've ever heard any of you guys say that I need to be faster setting up, but I've heard you guys say convenient. It needs to be convenient for the setup. So so uh, the best example, like your your decoys being in a rat's nest when you're when you're trying to pull them out of the bag or, or whatever but i don't think i've ever heard any of you guys say that i need to be faster setting up because we all <laughs> when we when we say okay and this is how the math goes okay legal time is at 6 30 so it takes us a half hour to get from the boat launch to where we're going it's going to take us 15 minutes to set up and we just keep going backwards in our math so uh, fast i don't think is something that is in our repertoire mark so for generally for what most of us are doing when we're doing our normal hunts together yeah most full bodies you're gonna have are six or eight dozen maybe more uh, if you're using silhouettes, it's what up to 15 dozen sometimes. Mm -hmm. the, the, but those are not great big numbers in the general scheme of things when you're setting up decoys. Mm -hmm. Really, it's it's 72 or 84 or 96 full bodies. They're yep. not that hard to set up and tear down. Right. Ryan, on the other hand, when he goes out west, yeah, I guess he has a much greater number 
Fair. No decoys to set up. Yeah. What are your numbers, Ryan? We're over a thousand minimum. Yeah. So yeah. then you're looking Fair. for convenience for speed of setting yeah. up. But, okay. But yeah, I buy that. And you also got to look at the newer, like I've seen it oftentimes where I'll go out half an hour earlier than I thought I needed to be to make sure I'm set up and then I'll have my coffee. Like mm-hmm. I'll be all fully set up and then you'll see this group just like whipping in dust flying they get to the spot they're <laughs> whipping as many decoys as they can they're like Whew, we made it by shooting light right <laughs> yeah like, yeah it's kind yeah. of that the newer we talked about it before like the newer guys and what they're yeah i find as a general yeah. rule well, it's, when oh sorry go ahead there no go no you're good go you're good i just find as a general rule in in my experience of waterfowling there's a balance when you cut corners you're generally going to put less birds on the ground but if you're organized or you're trying to find ways to maximize you know work smarter not harder kind of thing that balance that's when you can save yourself some time but never sac. i mean my opinion about waterfowling in general is the blue collar kind of mentality and there is a lot of hard work that goes into it and i think the more you have that mentality, the more success you're going to have, but there's nothing wrong with getting your pardon the pun, your ducks in a row to make sure you're ready to go. And there's, you know, people like tangle free who are trying to innovate to keep, keep guys uh, on time and on target mm-hmm. for uh, mm-hmm. when the sun comes up. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, I, like we talked about off the air before we started recording is I, I, I said, look, there's water fowlers have, have no idea how good they have it compared to 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Like, first of all, the amount of, the amount of clothing out there is, is incredible. Like you can stay warm, you can stay dry, you can stay comfortable. Like once you get cold and wet, like you're not, you're miserable, right? Like, I don't care if you're a little kid or a you're. it's just not fun. Right. So people can, can hunt in comfort, stay dry, stay warm. And then you look at all the gadgets. I mean, every company out there is putting out really good stuff. So that's, 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 that's a must, right. Or that's a for mm-hmm. sure thing. And then what else, yeah. I guess probably what I, what I should have said is um, not only in my opinion of um, it's like when it, when the product comes to your porch, is it easy to like assemble, right? Like how, mm-hmm. how long does it take? Like, so that's where I talked about like a Texas rigging side of things. Like, it's like we have our easy rigs. And like I said, there's 20 different ones out there. Like, you know, you guys don't, it's not as common, like the younger groups, like they don't want to get together and like cut, have big spools of line and cut them in three foot lengths. And then right. someone's crimping, someone's cutting, someone's doing the anchor. So they would rather just buy the thing that's already pre-strung and it's ready to go. Um, and then as far as in the field, I do think it depends on how big of the spread you're putting out. I mean, like when I have, you know, I try, I try to go every winter with stall and the goose crew, Massey and, and the boys. And um, I try to do something different every, every day. Like, maybe the first morning I help set out the decoys, but then I pick up the decoys and the next day I do all the blinds. And like, I want to do everything so I can get my hands on it and just kind of see like, Oh, mm-hmm. Oh, when, when stall suggests we need a two inch buckle instead of a one inch, I get it. Like I got it. It's cold. I got gloves on. So I like to try right, to do everything. Right. Um, but, but it is nice. Um, I like, you know, the whole work smarter, not harder. I think it's as, as, as we all grow older, um, you know, I kind of laugh, like when I used to travel a ton for tango free, like I was like, I would get, I would try to hit every single green light. And if I hit a red light, I'll be stressed out. I'd be running through the airport. 
And I finally got to the point where I'm like, this is, this is stupid. Like leave 30 minutes earlier. If I hit five red lights, I don't care if I get a far away parking spot, I'm still going to walk there and I'm going to get there and I'm going to have a cup of coffee or like a muffin and I'm going to get on the plane and relax. Like it took me a while to be smarter Hmm. instead of like sleeping in an extra like 30 minutes, like just get up early and I could sleep on the plane. But I think it's the same thing with get, get to your hole, get it all set up and then then relax. Yeah. Um, and you can see some really, you can see some really cool stuff before shooting time. You're not stressed out, you know. One hundred percent. One. Anyway, guys, I oh. gotta take off. Corey, oh. it was very nice to meet you, and hopefully, you come on again because I think we yeah. can talk about a lot more. Yeah. Man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, you bet, man. You bet. Have a good one. Have a good night. Pleasure. Thank you. See you. Have fun, Dave. See you, Dave. Uh, so, so it, uh, full disclosure, Dave is uh, in demand these days with the kayak hunting and he is heading over to the new canoe um, podcast right now to talk about kayak hunting. Um, So um, make sure that you follow that and you give that a listen and give some love to Dave. Um, But continuing on with Corey and Tangle Free, like it it is like, I can't imagine um, that here, here I am with a little tiny business up here in Canada and you know, you, you're always striving to try and, and and move forward, right? You're always trying to move the yardstick forward and trying to come up with a new idea that somebody hasn't done or to, or to make sure that your people are interested in you. So for a company like Tangle Free to be, and, and like you said, there's, there's a ton of competition around these days, right? There's a ton uh, of decoy companies, clothing companies, you name it. Um, somebody is out there and they're trying to take something that's already been introduced and trying to put their own spin on it and, and trying to innovate and, and come up with new things. So from a business perspective and, and from a, um, uh, I, I don't even know the word I'm trying to say, but to try and keep moving forward, like it has to be a daunting task, Corey, to, to constantly be thinking, okay, so what are we doing next year? Because what little bit I do know is I do know that during these strategic meetings that businesses like yours have next year is always right on the tip of your tongue. Like what are we doing next year? What are we introducing next year? Yeah. uh, I think, I think the one thing I've really learned um, is innovation is key, you know, and, and, waterfowlers want to see new stuff and mm-hmm. um if you if you if we as a company become stagnant and don't don't come out with new stuff um you kind of get you kind of get left behind so big time we're you know i think the one thing i would think we're doing a better job at as as um as we've done this you know for, for several years now is i think we're getting better at like not rushing product to the market make sure we've put it through the ringers. We feel really good about it. And then just have a plan to be like, okay, Hey, this thing's two, this thing's three years out. No problem. Like, you know, like we have a bag that's, it's a, it's a popular bag for us. It's called the go-to bag. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you, you had Eric Massey on, I mean, we actually talked about that at a shot show and then it literally took, it sounds ridiculous, but there's a lot of things that happen that are out of your control. Um, it took, three years to bring that bag to market and you would think to yourself come on man it's a bag but
but like, there's so many things that happen mm-hmm. that are out of your control. I mean, um, the design, the design company that we worked with, there was a absolutely like one of the largest fires in North in, in California history. Uh, it was in November of all time. And, um, they, they lost, they lost, uh, their homes and their, and their business. And like, that's where, like, that's where we had that bag being developed and we had like a couple prototypes. So, you know, you look at that tragic, horrible event, mm-hmm. um, and it delays it. Um, you know, then you, uh, materials and, and, and you're dealing with factories. So things take time, but, um, the hardest thing is to tell yourself, just be patient and make sure yeah. you, you, you come to market. You only get one chance to bring a product to market. If you bring it like right. half ass, it's you're, you almost, you shoot yourself in the foot, you know, Corey, how do you, and when you guys are coming up with a new product, how do you like balance between innovation and like gimmick? Cause I don't know if you've heard like the waterfowl ammunition might be the most gimmicky ammunition in the history of ammunition. Um, but when you guys are developing products, do you guys have, you guys have that balance or do you guys pretty much screen, you have a screening process to make sure like, like through testing that this is something legitimate that consumers are going to want. And it's not like a gimmick quote unquote. Yeah. I'm, uh, man, I don't know if I'm going to answer that perfectly, Ryan, but like, I feel like, I, I feel like I have some very trusted sources and you've mentioned Sean Stahl, you've mentioned Eric Massey, and then there's some other guys too that, um, and you know, I have to take into effect, like they all hunt differently. Like they do their yeah. style of hunting is different. So like, I have to, I have to, I have to realize like, okay, do I think this product could be huge for us? Like, okay, so let's say the answer is yes, then it's a no brainer. But then I have to look and say, I think this product might only be good in the Pacific Northwest man, do I think I want to sell a lot? I don't know, but maybe if I do it, it'll help open potential customer base to other products that we have. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm answering that. I, I, I've never really been presented that way, but um, I don't know. Did, what, can, it sounds to me like, that or? Yeah, no, it sounds you, to me like you have the, the knowledge base in your in the people you deal with that are they're not going to bullshit you they're going to let you know yes if something yeah. is yes. That, it sounds to me that's what you're saying right yeah and i think i like, am and you know i think i i think i kind of knew the answer of the question before i asked it but like because you have a good base of extremely knowledgeable field test type people like guys like sean and eric like you can kind of weed that out which i think is um pretty a positive towards your brand overall. Right. So. Uh, yeah. You bet. You bet. And, and, and people, people aren't, and I, and there's other people too. Um, um, there's, there's, there's another hand, there's a handful of guys too. I mentioned those two gentlemen, cause obviously you know them, they've been on your show. And then also the, the fact that they're, they're, they're pretty hardcore about their stuff, but they're not going to, they're not going to lead me down a, a wrong mm-hmm. road. You know, like they, we have that very good mutual, uh, re, uh, relationship with everyone that I, that I deal with that, um, you know, like if, if, if I have six people and all six are like, yes, come out of it. Like I'm talking across the entire country. Like that's, that's really good feedback. Right. Mm-hmm. If I get like, if I get like two out of six, I'm like, Ew, that's, that's definitely going to get put way on the back burner. Mm-hmm. But if I get like three or four out of six, but I'm thinking, what am I trying to accomplish with, if we did come to market with that product, and then I explained to the other people, like, you know, they might say, Hey, I would never use it. I'm like, I totally get it. But like, 
if 80% of the rest of the country uses it, I got to consider yeah. it, you know? So, of course. Yeah. I, th- I think the experience yeah. and, the, and the credibility of the people you have doing that kind of field testing is, is a big deal too. Like you, you want somebody who's, you know, essentially following the, the flyway from, you know, up here in Canada in early September and they're going all the way to like Kansas, California, Texas come like January, February, like they're hunting like, you know, 150, 200 days of the year. Those are the people who are really going to test your equipment, put it to the test limit, all climates, all weather, all conditions, all year round. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Stahl, like he'll be, he'll be up in Canada here and another, I don't know, is it a, a I'm trying to look at the yeah. calendar here. I can't see another yeah. month. And then, yeah. and then he goes back to Michigan and he starts bouncing around everywhere. And, um, he's, he's seeing all different aspects of it. Right. So, you know, uh, a guy that heads up our promotional staff and does a lot of product testing, he's, he's in Washington. Well, guess what? Washington's a pretty wet state, man. So mm-hmm. he gets to see a lot of wet, muddy, uh, just, just, conditions that are it's great for a lot of different testing of stuff that that we do to see how stuff holds up or is it a pain in the butt is it too heavy is it too light is so he he does a great job too up that up in that neck of the woods you know but i i think that's the you know the the, we throw around the term all the time Corey, uh where um, we say we surround ourselves with good people and only good things will come out of it. Right. Um, and, and, Absolutely. you know, and from what you're saying, like, that's, listen, you, and, and to be a 100% honest, you, you could be, uh, you could put out the best product that you, that you can, and you can have the best material and you can have this and you can have that. But if you don't have the the right people surrounding you that you can trust, with their feedback, then, then you're, you know, things, things may not go exactly as you, as, as you plan. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, that you can do to be a successful business. Um, and all those things from A, A to Y, but, you know, X and, and Z, you, you gotta have those people in your corner that you can rely on because I, I can tell you, I am not a patient person, not at all. So like listening to you talk, <laughs> listening to you talk about coming to market with things and saying, yeah, I just got to be patient and make sure that it it is at 100% what I want it to be before. But I, I, I wouldn't be able to do like, I honest to God wouldn't be able to do it because I I'm not patient. I'm, I'm like, okay, let's just get it out there, get it out, get it in people's hands. And we'll, we'll, it's like that whole uh, Microsoft, like Bill Gates theory, right? Like with, with windows way back in, in 95, he just pushed it out. Um, We'll worry about the bugs. We'll let everybody tell us what the bugs are. Once we push it out. Um, That, that is how I, that's how I would be. Yeah. And you know, I was, I was that way. What'd you say, Mark? Sorry. Sorry, Corey. Is that there's people listening to the show who weren't alive for that, by the way. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) true true story. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but, you know, I think I would like to think as uh, along this journey that I've been on with my family, um, you know, hopefully we get better every day in life and, and on the business side of things, which is, 
I, you know, I, I rush some stuff to market and I kind of sit back sometimes and be like, man, I wonder if I just waited. And, um, so it, I took, I think I took, I think I took some hard lumps on some product that I thought could have been better. And, and, you know, things are just so much different now. I mean, I just look at this ride we've been on and it's like, it's so much different. I mean, there, there was not social media, you know? And oh yeah. You, you didn't, you didn't. Yeah. It's just, it's so different, but, um, it is, it's hard. I mean, you know, our, our, our newest full body Canada goose decoys. I mean, we, we had them for like three years and it was last year I was with stall and we were in Oklahoma and I think we were walking out a big old, it was, it was a big group of people when stall, when stall comes to town, it's always funny. Like he'll be like, Oh, it's, it's you and Massey and Phil and Tyson. And he gives, and all of a sudden he'll be like, Hey, there'll be eight of us. By the time like the hunt happens the next day, there's literally like 15 people and you're like, wait, <laughs> everybody just kind of wants to come and be part of it. So right. I can, I can certainly respect that. It's really cool. But I think we were walking out to get some, we had a pretty good, pretty good rain out and uh, Carl, his dog was going all over the place and getting dogs and he had Massey going out. So we were walking out to get some stuff and uh, he's like, what are you waiting for on those decoys? We we're going back a little pod of, I'm like, oh man. And I can't, he's like, he's like, you gotta, you gotta bring them to market. And like, if Sean Stahl's telling me they're ready to come to market, like then they're ready to come to market. So yeah, I was, I was being overly critical. I wasn't super happy with a few minor things. And, but when you're sitting in the field and you're looking at this huge spread and we had, we had our slammer socks, we had our skinnies, we had old full bodies, we had these new ones. And I'm kind of looking back. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, you know what? They, they look, they look good, man. So if Sean Stahl's given a stamp of approval, then, then what am I waiting for? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, that, that's, so, it's smart. Like the amount, the amount of goose hunting he's been doing over the years. Um, if he says, yeah, yeah uh, you know, these full bodies are good that you can rest. You yeah. could, you could sleep, re- sleep well at night, knowing that, knowing that they're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one thing I learned too, a long time ago was, um, so I have my wife and I have three daughters and they've always been heavily involved in sports. So at one time I had, I was coaching three basketball teams, all three were in track and all three were in soccer. And then one was doing rodeo horse stuff. I mean, it was like my wife and I would like just run all over the place. And then you'd, you'd have buddies calling up like, Hey, like, come honey, come on come on And I'll be like, no, 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 no. And everyone always be like, Oh, you missed out. I'm like, nah, I actually, I didn't miss out. Cause I'm not going to miss out on my girls sports mm-hmm. or activities because once they're old enough and they can't do that stuff anymore then. So where I've had to really focus on is yes. When I do get out, I, I try to really um, enjoy myself and, and, and test the products, but that's where I've been lucky enough to find, trustworthy people that do get in the field way more than me um there's other things i can do that are more important than putting time in the field to go hunting yes i want to go and it's a lot of fun but Mm -hmm. i gotta make sure the stuff's getting built i gotta make sure the stuff's getting shipped i gotta make sure i'm responding to emails and uh i miss out on a lot of fun but that's that's what's necessary for to make tango free continue to try to elevate and, and and improve each year Absolutely. Well, you know, you're, you're, you've got the, the three of us on right now. Mark is, is really the only still serving member of the military in Canada. Both Ryan and I have, have, uh, have retired, but, um, 
keeping your family happy. And, and I don't mean like you just got to bend over backwards and do everything, but if you can keep your family happy, everything else sort of kind of takes care of itself. Right. And, and that was something that we've always known and we've always done it in the military. If we can, if we can keep things at home level and everything is good at home and and we do what we can and, and, and attend the events. Listen, I've got a daughter that plays uh, some pretty competitive soccer as well. Um, I don't miss a game. I don't miss a practice. Um, so I'm a hundred percent with you on um, now. I'm not nearly half as busy as what you were, but um, or what you are, but oh, <laughs> you, you got to, yeah, listen, you miss out on some hunts, but I've got a friend of mine. His son was a fairly good hockey player growing up. Um, now there was no, there was no ideas that this kid was ever going to make it to the NHL, but he was good. Um, and I said to him, I said, Chris, you know, like you're spending all this money on hockey, you're spending all your time off in the hockey rink and, and doing stuff. He said, listen, buddy, he said, I've got 18 years with him. He said at 18, he's leaving the house. He said, and I'm not going to get to hang out with him anymore. He said, because he's going to go do his own thing. He said, if this is what I got to do to hang out with him, he said, this is what I'm going to do. And I, and I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? When he put it to me like that, it just made so much sense to me um, because it's not just about the money and the time. There, there's way more to it than, than that. Right. It's, yeah. It's a, you're, you're right. I mean, hundred percent. What were we going to say, Mark? Sorry. It's, it's a bit of a common theme. Like we've had a few people involved in the running of businesses on here, uh, much larger businesses than like large businesses like yourself. And uh, it's, it's a common theme for those people running the businesses. They, do, they don't get out on all the hunts did like do because during hunting season is when a lot of action happens company wise. Right. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how, how that's pretty consistent from company to company. <laughs> it is. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, it, you know what? It, it's life. Listen, I would, I would much rather just as well as everybody else, every wake and hour, I'd love to be in a blind shooting birds. Um, but that's just like life doesn't work yeah. out that way for, for me anyways. So yeah. um, you do, so, you do what you do, so, man. Yeah. So, so I, I grew up, uh, I grew up in, in, in where I live now, um, which is, it's called Clayton, Clayton, California. And uh, uh, my family has like a working cattle ranch and I spent as much time as I could possible out there with my dad and, uh, and we we're uh, uh, California blacktail. So, hunting all the time, right? Like during, during deer season. Well, ironically, like for example, deer season opened up last, last Saturday. And, uh, I had to, uh, my wife and I divide and conquered. I, I was with my youngest daughter, uh, for a soccer tournament up by UC Davis, which is up by Sacramento. And it's like, I didn't even think about like, Oh, maybe I'll just sneak out in the morning for a couple hours. Cause all I thought about is, man, what if something happens? What if I get something? Then I'm like, then I'm going to, yeah, you know, not get her there in time. So I didn't even, I could care. I, I could care less about, I didn't go to go deer hunting on the opening weekend. Cause I was up there all Saturday, all Sunday. I did come home Sunday. Then I had stuff I need to run the house. And I'm like, I, I'm totally fine with it, man. Like it doesn't yeah. bother me. I gotta, I gotta spend time, really good quality time with my daughter. Like, you know, it's about an hour and a half North of us and, 
you know, getting the lunches and the stuff. And, um, it's, I'm going to blink and she's going to be 18, like your buddy said. And it's, it makes me sad to even think about that, you know? 100% buddy. And, and it's going to happen. Right. And, yeah. and I tell you what, the things you're going, you're not going to, I, I don't want to say you're not going to remember that day in the blind, but, um, my daughter is, is a phenomenal midfielder. Um, she's oh, never, nice. she's, she's never scored a goal and I'm afraid that the day that I don't show up is the day that she scores her they're gonna, goal. They're going to, they're going to sneak her up more to the front. Yeah. She's going to pressure up and they're going to get a pass back from her forward. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm how, not going to be old, there. Yeah. How old's your daughter? 16. Okay. So yeah. I have a 16, a 14 and soon to be 11. So, Ooh. um, yeah. Yeah, we could no, do, we uh, could do we could do another episode on sixteen year old daughters. I'm sure, but uh, <laughs> yep. You Mark, see my Mark has great, no right? <laughs> yeah. Mark has no kids, and and Ryan's raising a stud right now. So uh, so awesome. he doesn't he doesn't know the the pain of a sixteen year old daughter. Um, but I'm sure oh, uh, man, I'm sure Nate that. I'm sure Nate'll break a few hearts though. Well, my my girlfriend has an eleven year old daughter, so it's coming, oh, does she? So, yeah. Okay. Oh, it's coming, buddy. It's yeah. coming. Corey, buddy. Uh, they're, um, they're incredible. Yeah. Oh, they are. Um, buddy, we're at that. Uh, we're at around that 60 minute mark. And um, yeah. And I'm sure um, we could keep going. Just like I say it every time we could keep going for for a lot longer. But um, somebody told me one time that uh, keep the audience always wanting more. So that's what we'll do. And you have an open invite buddy to come back on the show anytime you want you know how to get a hold of me all you've got to do is say hey damien we i'd love to come on i want to talk about this and and we'll get you on buddy um i really mean that from from the bottom of my heart and i know the boys do as well so there's an open invite for you anytime to come on the show we love talking to you uh, it's been a it's been a blast um and and you know, the audience is, is going to love it because there's, you know, you did talk on a, on a few things that I don't think the general waterfowling community understand when it comes to, when it comes to the business side of things. Yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate, like I said, it's awesome putting a name to a face, a lot of emails go through and some text messages and stuff. So it's super yeah. cool to put a name to a face. And I would, I would tell you guys, I would, uh, I'll do it whenever you want. And hopefully that's awesome. hopefully, hopefully some people got to hear some stuff. Maybe they didn't consider or think about, but at the end of the day, uh, I love, I love what I'm doing. Um, and we, we work hard at it and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to get to get on and, and share a little bit of some stories. So whenever I'm, I'm a, I'm a phone call away. Right. Awesome. I'm, I am going to give you another opportunity to close out. Um, but we will go to, uh, we'll go to Mark first. Okay. Sorry. It was good to meet you. Um, this, you're, I think you're, you're our second guest from California. Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just the fact mm-hmm. that we've had a couple of people who are in that waterfowling world in California has kind of opened up my eyes that there's a lot more waterfowling going on there than I had originally known about. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be interesting yeah. to like, no, you don't hear cool. of California as a waterfowling destination, not in the normal circles, but, uh, 
I'm thinking that it would be a good waterfowling destination to go check out. I'm sure the California residents are like, yeah, don't be bragging about it too, too much and bringing too many people down here. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, uh, like I said, there, I mean, you would be shocked about the, the amount of species that you could actually target in California. Yeah. It's a, the list is very, very long, very long, you know? So it's pretty cool, but yeah, you have to make it out this way. Ryan. And by the way, that, that shirt you have, that is one of my favorite, that Canada goose, that sketch, that sketch tee. I've kind of got, I've got the canvas back on, uh, you know, I got that sketch tee, but you got the, that's one of my favorite shirts. No, I like this shirt. This is one of my favorites too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, go for it, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I always like the one with the, the silhouette of the, the black lab in the high set. You guys oh have. yeah, we we, yeah. we got a we got a new one. We got a new one coming. We've we've kind of been on a six year run of doing different species of dogs. So I think later this month we're gonna do a we're gonna launch an email. I, I think on national National Dog Day. So you'll get a little, you'll see a little shirt. We got really. It's kind of been fun. We kind of we fall yeah. into like little patterns and and just kind of try to go with it. So the brown dog. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a brown dog don't be a brown don't, dog. don't be a brown dog <laughs> phil uh, never uh, shut up about it no just uh it was awesome to have you on Corey. uh just to piggyback on mark's mark's uh comments like california is like a sneaky sneaky good uh state i almost called it a province uh sneaky good state for for the states i remember watching the hunt 41 series and they were talking about like they did a couple episodes of california and it blew my mind but um, yeah. when you went, when you ripped through the, uh, the bag limits, it, I was like, man, that's, that's, that's a decent way to spend a fall like, for sure. So, <laughs> but, uh, I know, I know. Yeah. The hunt 41 is cool. Yeah. Ben Potter is a friend of mine and he's the one that was, is, does a ton of the, uh, you know, one of the owners or whatever, you know, producers ever, but we, I, I, I hooked him up with some friends and, uh, he's a California guy anyways. And, uh, but yeah, we, we launched it here at our, at our warehouse. We did a summer event. It was really cool. So, but uh, we can get it at another time, but I know we're, we're up against the clock, like you said, but. Uh, oh, buddy, we can yeah. keep going. If you guys want to <laughs> keep going, we can keep going. Well, uh, well, like you said, we, we kind of, kind of maybe, maybe, maybe give them a reason to come back. Right. Whatever, yeah. That's your yeah, sure. you know, but no, yeah. but it's been, it's, it's been awesome. And I really appreciate it. I look, I look forward to growing the relationship guys. I do appreciate it. It's fun. Good stuff. Awesome. Um, Corey, last words to you, my man. Yeah. Like I said, man, guys, it's been awesome. And I really appreciate the wanting to have me on and love, love what I love how I'm, what I'm doing for a living. And uh, it's always cool. You know, I never thought like that I would get to meet as many good people in the industry as I have, you know, and I hear here, you know, just getting to see a face as opposed to an email, it just, it just makes a big difference, you know? So looking forward to, one day sharing a blind with you guys or something. Oh, that'd be amazing. Definitely. That yeah. that's our goal. So just so you know, that's the entire goal of this show, right? We, we just, we meet as many people as we can, so we can get as many invites to come hunting as, as we can. That that's the entire reason <laughs> of the goal. Yeah, that's it. We just want to, we gotcha. just want to travel and, and meet up with people and hunt with people. So, um, so Again, right, we'll boys, figure we figured it out. We got a, mm -hmm. another invite, boys. We're winning. We're winning. Ladies and gentlemen, this was <laughs> yeah, awesome. It worked. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the latest episode of the Union 0430. Like we always say, we will never pretend to be experts. We are a group of friends that are passionate about hunting birds, and we love having these experts and these business people and, and people that are just forming the community for us. We love having them on and passing on their information to, to all of you. Um, surround yourself with good people. Big love, and we'll see you all next week.